Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The past few Wednesdays, we have been talking about dreams and the goals and visions that God has for every one of us. Sometimes people understand and hear those dreams and visions very clearly. Other times they can sort of get muddled in our daily activities. Sometimes we even start to think that we're unqualified anymore. Something comes up, we make a wrong decision, and before you know it, we have convinced ourselves that God would not speak to us. God would not use us. through the years, you know, I've been around people that have had all just situations come up in their life. And when they share something with me, I keep that very close to my heart because I know it's something that we have prayed about and went before God together. I, I don't ever mention names unless somebody's given me permission to do something like that. But I've seen people that have had uh, different addictions, different things that have gone on. I've seen people that have had divorces in their life and uh, then they have a certain group of folks that look at them and say you will never ever be able to marry again you'll never be able to be with a family and to ever have that relationship with a spouse I've seen all kinds of things like that Um, I don't know if some of you that are up on Facebook had noticed this past week one of the stories you know this Westboro Baptist Church the one that uh, goes and pickets all the military funerals and and holds up signs about homosexuals and this kind of thing. Well, uh, in the article that was up, it was stating that they were heading down to Kentucky, and the young lady who uh, was standing for not giving out marriage license to homosexuals that was in the press for so long there, they're going down to picket her because she's been married several different times and they have their their packet all put together they're going to be picketing her because she is an adulteress wow i think about her wanting to make a a stand and make a choice because she's given her heart to christ and yet to have somebody try to bring up an area of her past that uh i'm sure you know, nobody ever sits back and says, whew, man, did we have a good divorce. <laughs> there is no such thing like that. It's always painful and hurtful to the heart and to so many different things. But Scripture gives some teaching on it, but it also helps us understand the grace of God. And it helps us understand the forgiveness of the Lord. And if you are forgiven, you know, there are some people out there that uh, never get married they have that gift inside them that they don't desire to have a spouse and then there's others that they have that desire to be married they want to have a husband or a wife they, they want that relationship and uh, I was thinking about uh, one of Tanya's grandparents uh, her grandpa Carol when her grandma had went to heaven her grandpa Carol never married again but there was a lady who was friends with his wife 
and uh, in fact the two ladies have been friends and this lady's husband had been friends with Grandpa Carol and so when each of them lost their spouse well they decided that they would go out and eat lunch on Sundays and before you know it pretty much every Sunday they were going out to lunch together they never had any desire to remarry, anything else like that. There were a few big family gatherings that uh, Grandpa Carol brought her along, and uh, it was nice that he had somebody sitting beside him. But in his heart, that was never something that he ever wanted to do, was to remarry. And eventually, when he moved from Gelsberg down to Texas to spend the rest of his life down there with the family, you know, there had been a friendship between these four people that when this spouse and that spouse had both moved to heaven, it just made a nice friendship and connection. We have to understand there are lots of different people and lots of different things that go on in people's lives. And I don't believe that any of us have been called to nitpick on anybody's life. Boy, you know, I'm thankful I don't have anybody nitpicking on me because I'm sure they could find something wrong with me. I was confessing my sin to Steve and Shelley with appreciation this past Sunday uh, in the basket that was there. There was a bag of chocolate stars. And uh, uh, Pastor Rachel had told me, she said, I, those, she said, they came from the couture's. So as I opened the bag and started to eat them, and then on Sunday night, my grandkids wanted to have some, and I said, you, you can each have two. That's it, because they're mine. Um, I just wanted to confess to them on this particular day, on Wednesday, and I received them on Sunday, there are no more chocolate stars. I've unburdened myself before you all for that sin of too much chocolate. I want you to see tonight that if there are things that God lays on your heart, even if you made a bad decision, if, if you crossed the line on something, if, if something had gone on in your life and somebody's tried to tell you you're disqualified, I'm here to tell you we have a God of grace and mercy that when you are forgiven, it's the drumbeat of what we have said for 30 years at this church, and we will continue to say as long as I have any say about it, that when the blood of Jesus covers you, you are forgiven. There's lots of different consequences for folks that get remarried or do things, and as long as they keep it before God, it'll all work out. It sort of has that way of going, the same thing when you're married to somebody and you've never had a divorce. You've got to keep it before God, and he helps you to make your family and your life work out together. I wanted us to go back because we touched on this scripture before, but I want you to look here in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13 because there are many people that are out in our world today and you know if a pastor falls in sin and he gets out of the ministry, he does one of two things usually. He either sells cars or insurance because he likes to talk and he likes to be with people. And so who knows, the next time you go to buy a car, you may have a pastor who at one time had been in the ministry and no longer is. Or when you buy your insurance and they sing the State Farm lingo or whatever it's going to be for you, it may be somebody who had been in the ministry. Just know this, that sometimes when people have to step away because of problems that have gone on, 
they need to be restored during that time. But the other part is, there is no scarlet letter to keep wearing around forever. And if God put the dream in your heart, it's there from him. And he still wants to see it come to pass within your life. So Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15 I'm reading out of the New King James here. And when God had made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless. I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Sometimes we just have to endure not all the time. Thank God for those instantaneous moves of God and we just receive from the Lord. But there are other times that you have to do what the word speaks about with the armor of God. You have to put it on and you have to stand. And when you stand with the armor of God on, he will give you the strength to endure. Now we have to make sure that we have a balance in our heads with this. We don't want to start thinking of every situation as something we just have to endure with. But we put our faith and trust in God. Because when you're enduring, you already have the confidence inside you of what we have talked about in Romans. That when Abraham was speaking the word, it was already real to him that these promises would come to pass. He had no child, but yet he knew God said he would be the father of a great nation. And so when it speaks here that God made this promise to him, he could swear by no one greater than himself. So what did he do? He swears by himself. This is why there's so much power. And in our world today, the enemy keeps trying to attack foundational truths. It's like when someone would go to court and they put their hand on the Bible and raise their other hand. It's because they were swearing by something that was greater than them that was an absolute. The word of God is absolute. And when we get that down inside of us, it changes everything. Nobody can talk you out of it because you're convinced that what God's promises are, you're ready to do. And I, I have to tell you, the liberals that are way out, whacked out out there that want to get rid of every kind of standard, every statue of the Ten Commandments, everything else that could have any implication of absolute truth, they love this idea of this Westboro Baptist group going down there and picketing this lady. They love that because they see it as there to be hypocrisy in the church. Folks, as long as there are people, we are going to be hypocrites from time to time. Paul said it like this. He said, the thing that I don't want to do, that's the thing that I do. And the thing that I know that I should do, I don't do. O wretched man that I am. When he spoke those words, he was trying to get across that sometimes we all blow it. But thank God for his grace, his power, and his might. I want to encourage you, even as the message version of these two verses, if you have the message version, there's a phrase in there, and they say it like this. Learn to stick it out. Learn to stick it out. Have that stick to inside you that you're going to do it and you're going to stand until you see it come to pass. Hallelujah. If we're going to reach the world for Jesus Christ, in a recent survey that was taken by Bible colleges and seminaries across the United States, existing churches, okay, this is every denomination from Nazarene to Baptist to Lutheran to Catholic. This is every denomination that's out there. If we would have to see in the next 15 years senior pastors retire in our country, 
right now we could only, with the students that are in seminary and Bible college, we could only replace 30% of them. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Only 30% of the existing churches could be replaced by a pastor that would be coming up to be able to take that lead as she or he would hear from God. Now that says we need to have a burden on our heart believing that God will speak and raise up other men and women that have a call on their life to preach the word. That's a huge thing. Well then we've got to as Christians as we've talked about speaking and believing and trusting in God we've got to know that the victories that the Bible promises for us they are there if we would believe. You know, the best thing I like is this. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Man, that's a word that I remember. Uh, Sister Gamble, one of our teachers in Bible college, she used to say that to us all the time. She would tell us, listen, your time of preparation is important. You need to know this, that God is not looking for perfect people out there. He's not looking for all the qualifications. He will qualify the called. He'll teach you. He'll show you. He'll put it in your heart. That's the kind of God that we serve. Well, keep it in mind here because you need to know that in our brain there are two files for all the activities of our life, one of our successes and one of our failures. Now, we have to know how to tap in to the success that God has for each and every one of us. And sometimes our failures seem to want to cry out louder than all the other voices. They want to tell us what we don't know how to do, what we have done wrong, or what we failed at and probably won't be able to succeed this time. Go back a little bit in your New Testament to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, another familiar scripture to us here at Faith Walk. Philippians 3 and 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So Tuesday morning when we were here with the prayer group, one of the things I asked them was for them to ask God about the decisions that are in front of them. How many times do we do things just because we've always done them that way? From time to time when our family comes down that lives up by Chicago, they will come down and they'll want to have Frank's Pizza that night while they're in town. So one part of our tradition within our family is uh, the guys all ride together and we go down and get the pizza. And so sometimes I'll drive, sometimes my brother-in-law will. It just depends who's parked where on the driveway. And so we'll be over at Mom and Dad's and uh, we'll take off to head down to Frank's and go downtown. When we come back up the hill, we come up 10th Street. I have to tell you, there are times that when we're coming up 10th Street and we're busy yakking, we're busy talking in the car, that there are times that instead of turning left to go down 17th Avenue to down toward my mom and dad's house, sometimes I have missed the turn and kept going on 10th Street because I'm going to my house. I'm going to where I always go. After I've got the mail, I come back up and I'm pulling in the church parking lot. There have been times that we've been going and all of a sudden everybody in the car yells, you missed the turn! And I'm over there in the lighthouse turning around to go back over to mom and dad's. Sometimes unconsciously we do certain things. I want to challenge you to not just unconsciously pray the way you have always prayed. 
I want to ask you to not always just do certain things in your prayer time because you've always done them. It's comfortable. We're used to it because it's part of our routine. And you that are prayers, you know that you have a certain routine. Maybe it's in the morning or the evening or someplace in the day. You do your praying. I want to challenge you not to drive to my house. I want to challenge you to think just a little bit different on this. As the apostle speaking here, he says, forget those things which are behind and reach for the things that are ahead. Part of the dreams, part of the ideas that are in front of you, these are things that God births inside your heart. So whether a part of the dream you have is to see all your children and your grandchildren born again and filled with the Spirit, keep that dream alive. Don't let it get stagnant. Maybe you have a dream to see your neighbor come to Christ. There, there's so many different things, let alone for personal items, things that you're believing God for. You just have to keep them before the Lord, and we know that our confession plays a major role in that. Let's go ahead and go back into the Old Testament to the book of Psalms 101 and verse 3. Psalms 101. And this is the last scripture for our recap here. Psalms 101 and verse 3. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Even though others may have failed, don't let that get down on the inside of you. Well, but pastor, at my age, you know, at some point here, I just have to know that I'm probably not going to be able to drive anymore. When people hit this particular age, they just can't drive anymore. They have to give up their car. They have to give up their freedom. Don't let that be a confession that comes out of your mouth. Stay healthy and strong, do everything you do, and live by the promises God's given to you. Hallelujah. Don't allow other things to affect your health or to even affect the way that you dream for the future. When some folks say, listen, you just need to relax. You don't need to keep pushing so hard. You know, you did your part. I got to tell you, as long as you're alive, you still need to keep doing your part. Hallelujah. The other thing is for each of you to be thinking about who you're going to train up to take your place. Have you ever seen that in families? Someone dies, and they were the pusher, they were the organizer in the family, and nobody has been trained up to take the place, and things fall apart within the family. All kinds of issues begin to show up. You, if that's you, and you're the one who pushes and plans and organizes things, start raising up other people to do it with you. But I don't want to share my responsibility. You need to. Because it does no good to bury someone who is a dreamer. We need that dreamer to inspire other dreamers. We need those who have a heart to pray to be raising up other prayers. We need those who have a heart to give to raise up other givers. We need to have all these things continuing on. We don't need to see things stop. We have to constantly feed our spirits the word of God if we're going to be strong. And that word comes in many forms, not just by our Bible, but by the preaching and teaching of the word, or maybe something you listen to, a program, or even something maybe online you go to. If you're not one who sit down and just read your Bible, find your, the Bible online. Go on the internet and just click whatever version you're wanting so that you can listen to it. 
you know, sometimes listening and reading through is just as wonderful as you sitting by yourself and reading, especially if it's early in the morning. You know, Lord, I really I want to seek your face. <sighs> Sorry, I, if I've made anybody else want to yawn right now here. Some of you are holding it back. I can see it. I'm not going to yawn right now. The thing is, we have to find ways to feed our spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, hallelujah. We've got to get that strength moving inside of us. Look over in Philippians chapter 2. We were there earlier in chapter 3, but let's check out chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And take a look in verse 1. Verse 1 through 11. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction, uh, uh, affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind also be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let me stop there for a moment. There are certain things in your life you may know of or hear of, and you've got to keep those things close to your heart. Someone talked to you, and they didn't give you permission necessarily to share it with anybody else, or it wasn't something that was life and death that would hurt a child or something like this. You, you've got to make a decision. What if other people accuse that person or even accuse you, and you know the real truth? Boy, there's been times like that in these 30 years that I've known something and just couldn't say a word, even though it made me look bad or stupid. I couldn't do that because that other person had confided in me. Maybe they didn't feel confident enough that they could admit it or say something, but I had to keep that close within my heart. Doesn't matter. Jesus went to the cross for all of us. When we were sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let this mind be in you. Jesus was not a quitter. Let this mind be in you. Jesus was not a quitter. Let this mind be in you. You can have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not creative, Pastor. I, I'm not asking you to make animated movies. I, my stick people look very sick. They all look like they need to go into a healing line. 
maybe drawing isn't your thing, but there's other creativeness that can go into your life. And that creativeness can be there to help you hear the voice of God or to even dream or plan. Where will you be? I, I was talking to a particular pharmacist today, and I said, where do you see, with the current medical situations happening, I said, where do you see this pharmacy in 15 years? He said, we will be closed. I looked at him, I said, what? He says, we're already making our plans and putting things in order. He said, right now, the state of Illinois is so broke with all the Medicaid and things that they owe us. He said, they're two years behind paying us anything. And yet he still gives the prescriptions out to the people who need it. Think about that. What kind of business could operate that way? Thank God for family-run businesses. The big box things might be able to give you a little cheaper price, but I don't know if they'd all do that same kind of thing. But think about it. He's thought about this in his brain, and he knows he has to make preparations for what's ahead because of the way health care continues to go in our world. I want you to know that you have the name of Jesus Christ. Use the name of Jesus. It's not a magic word. It's a power word. It reduces. It reduces the attacks of the enemy to nothing. And it gives you strength and power and might when you use the name of Jesus. Even those going to hell will eventually acknowledge Jesus Christ. They all will. Man, they're going to know it. And those people who tell you they don't believe that there is nothing to it, just a bunch of religious hypocrites, there's nothing that's true, you can't believe the Bible, it was written by men, it's phony and baloney and all the rest of the things, at one time when they die, they will stand before the Lord. And they will have to acknowledge. They're not going to get saved. It's too late. But they will stand before the Lord and acknowledge Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And throughout eternity, they will have to have that memory. Throughout eternity, through all the punishment of hell, fire, damnation, they will be in that mindset that they did not accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. What a horrible thing. What a horrible thing to be lost like that. But to know that it could have been so easy if they would have allowed Christ to come in. That name of Jesus is powerful. Look, look in verse 12, 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. You know, every once in a while a news story will come out like that one out east with a ministry that was called Word of Life know this it has no affiliation with the word of life that's in rock island where they took the young man and kept him up all night long and beat him beat him with belts eventually killed him and you know it, it was horrible there was others that were getting beat also and because they were not doing the things that the church which was actually more of a cult was asking of them 
So those kind of things hit the news, and people go, yeah, look at those crazy Christians. Yeah, look at them. They're beating their own. Stuff like that comes out, but it doesn't mean that the whole body of Christ is kooky. There's a truth that's there. Did you catch this one phrase? It's pretty powerful. When it speaks here, and it says in verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This does not mean come up with your own plan of salvation. Oh, I've decided the plan of salvation is eating chocolate stars. When you eat them and eat that many all at one time, you'll pass out and you'll see heaven. No, that was called a chocolate coma that you went into on that one. This does not mean you come up with your own plan of salvation. This means this. Isn't God so trusting? Have you ever just thought, God, can't you make me do the right thing? Don't confess that if you have. I know I have at times. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What is this all about? That means that he is trusting you every day to live out your faith. To live it out. Make it something that has impact on your life and the world that you live in. Live out your faith daily and declare your dreams. Declare your promises and the word that God has given to you. Let's wrap up our time by going to the book of Romans. And let's go to chapter 4. At the beginning of this series, we use this. And I want to wrap our time up with this tonight. Sometimes we forget how powerful our confession is. Sometimes we say, oh, I've heard that, Pastor. I've been coming to church here for years. I know how important my confession is. Well, do you do it? Or do you just know it? Do you do it? So here we are in chapter 4 of Romans. And verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And it was accounted to him for righteousness convinced be convinced about your savior be convinced about your salvation be convinced about the power of the holy spirit there's going to be lots of voices clamoring for your attention there'll be lots of pressures that will be tried to put on you to put your faith out here as something that's not relevant but you must make a quality decision are you going to speak the promises are you going to speak what you're dreaming now, there are several things that I pray every day that I pray for our church. Sometimes, if you heard some of them, it might blow you away a little bit. So here, I'll give you just a sneak preview because you're here on Wednesday night. Okay? I pray that our offerings would be $5,000 every week. 
Pastor, do we need $5,000? Right now, no. What? Then why are you praying that way? I'm not planning on staying exactly the way I am. I'm believing that we'll have the monies to not only maintain and take care of our building, but add to as God brings others into our church. I'm believing that on the mission field, we'll be able to do wonderful, marvelous things. I'm believing for all these things. Well, you know, four Sundays a month, that's $20,000. Do we need that right now? No. But we will. Well, I, I think you ought to be more realistic. That's why I'm telling only you, because, you know, some folks won't be able to handle it. Pastor's praying for 5000 I bet you he's praying for a raise. You know what? That's the furthest thing from my mind. I got to tell you, I'm believing for us to touch our world. I'm believing that every Sunday somebody new comes into our church. I'm believing for someone new to be added to the youth or to the children's or into this adult service. I'm believing for something to happen and take place. Well, you know what? If you're believing for one, I'm going to believe for 20. You do whatever you need to do, whatever your faith's ready for. Hallelujah. All I know is what I'm believing for is happening. And I'm ready. If God would have said to me, I want you to believe for two people every service. Okay, then I would. I'm just going to go with what I hear from the Lord. And as more and more folks come in, the good news is when unsaved people get born again, they have lots of unsaved friends. And they invite them. And they invite them to come and experience the presence of God that they found. So those are some little things I pray. When I walk through the building and I walk through the pews and I pray and I pray in the Spirit and I walk through and I put my hand right where your seat is right now and I believe for God to bless those who sit in this place and I believe for the anointing to touch people's hearts. I have my faith extended out. I speak those things. Well, Pastor, have you ever had Sundays you've been disappointed? Yes. You know, sometimes you can have an off day, but you don't let that throw you. There's no pastor in America that likes the Sunday after Easter. Because everybody goes to church on Easter. And then the next Sunday, everybody who put the extra effort to get there on Easter, they're doing something else. Or they had to go back to work on Sunday, or they had to do this or that. And you look at the audience and you think, oh, where'd everybody go? Wow, are we doing any good, God? So I've decided that when I become the leader of the free world, that every Sunday will be a holiday. And no one will work on Sundays, and everybody can go to church, and everybody who goes out to the golf course or to other places like that, they will be shot. But then again, that's why I'm not the leader of the free world. Pastor, how could you feel that? Oh, just have a little fun with me, all right, on this part. I'm telling you this because what kind of things are you praying for? What kind of things are you believing for? Your car may all be paid off right now, but are you believing that in the future that this car will last till the rapture? Or are you believing that God will somehow supply another one for you in the future? I'm just telling you, use your faith. God gave you a faith inside you for a reason. 
And those hard people that seem to reject Christ, keep reaching out to them. Keep speaking life over them because the world is not speaking life over them. The world has given up on them. The world has said you're in the mess you're in and nobody will help you out. And the Christians that have failed, that have been rejected from some churches or other places because of things that have gone on in their life, and they've already repented. They went before God. You see, there's a big difference of the repentance versus non-repentance. But those that have been given up on, that repented, and they just couldn't ever meet up to everybody's standards, they need to be restored too. They need to be loved too. They need to be brought in the kingdom of God once again. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Honey, if you'd come. I want to encourage you to declare your dreams. I want to encourage you that if you're not even sure what you need to start with, here's something. Start declaring my dreams. If you aren't sure, maybe it's been a while or you just haven't ever even taken the time to say, okay, God, so do I have any dreams? How about just starting out saying, I'm in agreement with pastor. I'm in agreement that there'll be $5,000 every week coming in the offering. I'm in agreement. Oh, here's one that all you ladies will love. I'm in agreement that our parking lot is blacktopped. Hallelujah. You know what? $65,000 will do it. If you've got that laying around, bring it on. Well, that's too much. Get your faith out there. Could you imagine $5,000 a week coming in and the extra being put in the bank and be able to go to the blacktop guy and say, do this out here so that these women don't have to keep buying new shoes? Now, some of you like that idea. I already know. But, you know, the rocks tearing up everything that are out there. See what I mean? Be in agreement with me. Start with that. Now, I'm telling you, before you know it, you'll have things you're believing for, and you're going to speak them out, that my student loan will be paid, that my bills will be taken care of, that I'll receive the possibility of new friendships with people who don't know the Lord. Hear from heaven. I know one lady who makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She buys two loaves of bread, makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and every Friday night goes down to the west end of Rock Island and hands them out. Well, does she have a, a permit from the health department? No. Are they good? Maybe I should go down and get one. Why does she do that? Because that's part of her dream. Well, two loaves of bread that can't really change look be obedient to God and it will change people's hearts peanut butter and jelly can do that what can you do before God that will change somebody's heart will you join me in prayer heavenly father your scriptures that we read tonight said let this mind be in you so we refuse to have anything in our brain, in our mind, that says what we can't do, that we don't have the abilities. But if you place something in our heart, Lord, we're going to believe that because you dropped it into our heart, into our thinking, into our mind, if you brought it to us, then it is possible. All things are possible through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah, another scripture to stand on. 
standing on the promises, speaking the word just like Abram did before he ever saw his name changed to Abraham. Before he ever saw his firstborn son, God did a work in his heart, fully convinced. Now, Lord, help us tonight, every one of us, to get fully convinced. Hallelujah. Let there be new dreams, new ideas, new visions, new plans. Let there be the restoration power of Jesus Christ in our lives. We will not be branded and held back by any, but we will do what you've called us to do. We will live the promises of God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to make a confession of faith, and I'd like you, if you would, to repeat it after me and let this sink into your heart. And as you speak it, you're going to believe it because it's the Word of God. Heavenly Father, you're my source. I gave my life to you. I belong to you. And I will not serve any false gods. I will not serve unbelief. But I am created in your image and likeness, and I will live for you. So recreate in my mind a mind of possibilities. Recreate in my mind visions and dreams. And what others have said is impossible is possible with you. That deals with my health that deals with my finances, that deals with every need in my life. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And nothing is impossible. I put my faith and trust in you this night. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, I can't wait to hear some of your dreams and ideas. Can't wait to hear some things going on. Ooh, maybe you're going to have a dream and a vision for bologna and cheese sandwiches, whatever it's going to be. I just got to tell you, do what God's called you to do. You know how many people through the years have been touched by these Tuesday night meals? Do you know how many people, as we approach November, it'll be five years that we've been doing the Oasis. How many hundreds and hundreds of people have come through those doors and still come that need something? And because of your faith and belief in the vision of God, it is there and being carried out. How many things that are happening on the mission field how many things that are going out as you give towards Sierra Leone or you give toward Malawi? You know, recently with the church that's over in Malawi, some of you have been giving to Malawi and Pastor Maston, they needed some more metal sheets as they're finishing off their building over there. We were able to send him, what was it the other day? Was it 500? Hmm? 800 dollars $800 that had come in, and he was able to go out and buy more metal sheets. The rainy season's getting ready to start over there. Man, the first time for them to ever have their own church building in Lalongwe, Malawi. Hallelujah. Again, you're here on a Wednesday night, you get to hear the extra good stuff. Do what God's called you to do and get ready for the plans and purposes of the Lord. Let's go ahead and get ready with our offering tonight. If you would join with me. Heavenly Father, we believe you now that as we sow into the kingdom of God,
you have a way of supernaturally providing. So we give this with joy in our heart, knowing that you are our source. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, you may get. Take me deeper, go farther in your presence, Lord. I want to go higher. Take me deeper, want to go farther in your presence, Lord. Presence there is beyond measure. Let's stand up together. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.